0: Hey everybody, it's Matt. Welcome or welcome back to the Journey Church Podcast. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you automatically get our weekly episodes. And you might want to subscribe to our Journey Callaway YouTube channel as well. You'll find messages, music, interviews, inspiring stories, and more for you right there. Now, I hope this episode helps you take your next step in following Jesus. Hey everybody, thank you so much for tuning in and Merry Christmas. I hope that this holiday is an extraordinary holiday for you. I know it's going to be different for all of us. It's going to look a little different because of the pandemic that we're in, but I hope you still have some special, special memories and some great time together with family and hopefully with some friends, uh, whether that's in person or socially distanced. And I wanted to let you know because the holiday season is going to be a little different. We decided to do a little something different for you. We've got a gift for you that I think you're really going to enjoy on Christmas Eve, we are releasing a special Christmas Eve experience. It's a very short experience just for you, your friends, and your family. You can watch it alone. You can watch it together as you all gather for Christmas, but I think you're going to find it meaningful. I think it'll give you an opportunity to pause and remember, even though everything is a little different this year, the one thing, the most important thing, the main thing, well, it hasn't changed at all. The real meaning behind Christmas, we can still count on that. So, Hope you enjoy that experience. You can get it on YouTube, on demand, on Christmas Eve, starting Christmas Eve, or we'll live stream it on Facebook, on our Facebook page as well. The other thing I wanted to mention before we get rolling today is if you're wondering, well, Matt, when are we going to meet again? That's a great question, and I just wanted to give you a quick update. We are working on that. We are in ongoing conversations with the CFSB Center. We've already submitted a plan to them uh, that would allow us to come back. They are working through all of that right now. I hope to have a date for you at this point, but I don't. And the reason I don't is because, well, the COVID numbers went up and we're in the middle of this third wave and the governor had new mandates and new recommendations. And that has slowed things down a little bit on the university side. But we're still talking and I'm very, very optimistic that I'm going to be able to have some great news for you soon. Until then, at least we can still be together online, we're so, so grateful for that, and I'm really grateful for you tuning in, not just today, but tuning in so many of you all year long, and continuing not just to grow in your own faith, but but to inspire other people to follow Jesus, so thank you so much for that. Now, I bet you can guess what we're going to be talking about today, can't you? Of course, it's a Christmas story, but I want to ask you this question about the Christmas story. How did the birth of Jesus come about Well, Matthew, who was one of Jesus' closest followers and was a friend of Mary, the mother of Jesus, he actually got the exact account of how it came about right from the source, right from Mary. And he recorded it for some Jewish readers in the first century, and that document still exists today, the Gospel of Matthew. And so we get to read the account that Matthew got from Jesus' mother, Mary. And I want to show you what Mary shared with Matthew about how the birth of Jesus came about. Because there is a lesson in this for all of us. There is a message that I think we need this Christmas as much as ever. So, here's what Matthew wrote. He said, this is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. Now, let me just pause right here and give you a little context because this is pretty extraordinary, actually. Matthew is a Jewish man who is writing this account... And he is acknowledging, as a Jewish man, he believes that Jesus was actually the long-awaited Jewish Messiah, the Messiah that for centuries they had been looking for and longing for and praying for. Matthew had become convinced Jesus was that Messiah. And for Jewish people, you know what the Messiah represented? The Messiah represented freedom. The Messiah was going to be a a warrior king. The Messiah was going to be a military leader. The Messiah was going to throw off all their oppressors and restore Israel to its former glory. And Matthew, as he's writing this, says, I just want you to know as I tell you how the birth of Jesus came about. Well, he's on the other side of it now, and he's going, I'm convinced that he was and is the Messiah. And then he tells us what he learned from Mary. He said his mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, before they were actually married, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. And you probably are familiar somewhat with this, but... In the first century Jewish world, there was a common custom. It was just customary for fathers to pledge their daughters to be married to a man often in the community there. And in response or in return, they would get a dowry. They would get a payment for that. So romantic, isn't it? But this would usually happen when these ladies were very, very young. When they were sometimes as young as 10, 11, often 12 years old. By 12, 13, 14, 15, a Jewish young lady would be married. If she were 16 and not married, well, that was a red flag. Something was definitely wrong, at least in their eyes. And so this is what had happened to Mary. Mary's father had chosen Joseph in an arranged marriage to be Mary's husband. And yet, the fly on the ointment is this. Before they reach their wedding ceremony, before they ever get there, Mary lets Joseph know that she's pregnant. And Joseph then has a decision. Joseph's going, well, my goodness, what do I do? what do I do? This was not ideal for anyone. Can you imagine the conversations that took place between Mary and Joseph, between Mary and Joseph and Mary's dad? That couldn't have been comfortable, especially in that culture and especially in that time. So Matthew tells us this is what happened because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet he didn't want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. So Joseph was caught in this tension between law and grace. He's going, I want to follow the Jewish law, which was, I've got to shame her. I've got to expose her. I've got to let everybody know about her act, her sin, her betrayal. People need to know what she did. And I need to leave her. I need to divorce her. He was caught between what his law said to do, and the grace and the compassion in his heart that he wanted to show her. And so he found what he thought was going to be a compromise. He decided, I'm going to follow the law. I'm going to divorce her. I'm going to end this before we're fully and finally married. But, I'm not going to make it public. I'm going to try to save her a little humiliation. I'm just going to do this quietly. That was Joseph's plan. It sounded like a very good plan, but God had very different plans for Joseph, and he sent an angel to make sure Joseph knew about it. Here's what Matthew tells us happens next. But after Joseph had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, and here's what the angel said. Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Don't be afraid, Joseph. Don't be afraid of risking your reputation because that's what you're about to do. Don't be afraid of people assuming, well, you're the one who got her pregnant because that's what people are going to assume. Joseph, don't be afraid of any of the consequences that may come from this decision. What you're doing sounds like a good option, but this is God's way of telling Joseph, no, 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 I have a different plan. I have a better plan. What Mary's telling you, as crazy as this story sounded, and you can relate, it sounds crazy. As crazy as it sounded. God sent the angel to make sure Joseph knew. She's telling the truth. She really is a virgin, and she really is with child. She really is with God in human flesh right there in her belly. Now, for those of you who have heard this story before, and you would say to me, Matt, this is part of my problem with Christianity. I just can't buy this whole virgin birth thing. Are you kidding me? Like, who would ever believe that? I get it. I totally understand where you're coming from. But here's one thing I would encourage you to consider. The earliest followers of Jesus... And the writers of these accounts, just like Matthew, they had nothing to gain, absolutely nothing to gain, by making up a story of a virgin birth. And the reason I say that is simply this. The Jewish people did not believe that their Messiah had to be born of a virgin. It wasn't one of the check boxes that they were looking for. And as a matter of fact, no one who followed Jesus followed Jesus because of the virgin birth. In other words, the fact that he was born uh, by Mary as a virgin, well that... That didn't in any way persuade or influence people to believe Jesus was who he claimed to be and to surrender their lives to him. You don't find one example in all the New Testament documents of somebody saying, "Well, I'll tell you why I'm following Jesus. i am tell you, tell you why I'm putting my life on the line. I'll tell you why I'm being persecuted. I'm not going to give up because Jesus was born as a virgin. Nobody ever said that. No. The foundation of our faith is not the virgin birth. The foundation of our faith is the resurrection. That's why people followed. That's why people gave their lives. That's why people wouldn't renounce what they had seen and heard and experienced. Nobody talked about the virgin birth as a key component of why they followed Jesus. So, you have to ask yourself, why would these early followers of Jesus add this into the account? Unless, that's actually how it happened. Because they had nothing to gain by adding it. Anyway, the angel had to come and convince Joseph this really is true. And then the angel continues and says this, She, Mary, Joseph, she will give birth to a son. And you're to give him the name, and here's the drum roll we all know, you're to give him the name Jesus. But this is where Joseph begins to realize, oh my goodness, this isn't any ordinary child. This is exactly who we've been waiting for. This is going to be the long-awaited Messiah. Because the angel says, you're to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people, From there, and if I'd been there, I'd have been like, oh, I'm sure every Jew was thinking, whoa, whoa, whoa." we we already know. You don't have to tell us. You don't have to tell us, angel. We know what we're going to be saved from. The Messiah is going to save us from our oppressors. The Messiah is going to save us from Rome. And we're all waiting to be saved from Rome. I mean, they had oppressors. They needed saving. You want to talk about looking for a Messiah? It was the perfect time for the Jewish people to have a Messiah. So they're certain the Messiah is going to come. He's going to be a warrior king. He's going to throw off all the chains of the oppressors. He's going to restore them to their former glory. So you can imagine how Joseph must have felt, how they must have felt when they heard he will save his people from their sins, sins, to which the average Jew would have gone, no, 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 I'm sorry. But you have misunderstood what we needed. That is not our felt need. We need saving from Rome's sins. We do not need saving from our sins. As a matter of fact, we already have a way to take care of our own sins. We've got this whole temple system, and we just go and sacrifice an animal and you know, pay our penance, and everything's good, and all our sins are taken care of and, and overlooked, and, and we're fine with God. We, we do not need saving from sins. We have a system to do that. We need saving from Rome's sins. We need being freed from Rome's oppression, from Rome's evil. We need a savior with a sword, but that is not what Jesus came to do, and that is not what Joseph expected. He realized, nope, this baby in the belly of my future wife, he's going to save our people, not from Rome, but from our sins. And so Matthew tells us that when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him. And he took Mary home as his wife. Now, I want to go back to this one line that the angel said to Joseph in this dream because I think within this line is the message that you and I, maybe more than ever this Christmas, need to understand and hopefully will choose to embrace. The angel said to Joseph that you're to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Now, let me ask you a question. Why does that statement not move us emotionally. Let's be honest; it doesn't, does it? We read that, we hear that every Christmas. We're, we're not left in awe. We're not overwhelmed with gratitude. We're not moved emotionally in any way. We hear this and we go, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." Okay, cool. we know, we know. That's part of the Christmas story. He's going to save his people from their sins. Well, I think the reason this doesn't land deeply with us is because when we hear this, we read it differently. When we read this, we actually read it as he's going to forgive his people of their sins. Now, let's be honest. We're grateful for forgiveness, but forgiveness didn't cost us anything, did it? We're grateful for, for forgiveness, but it just seems easy to us. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know what I do. This, this is what most of us have been taught. I know what I do. I just get to the you know end of my day and I say a prayer at the end. I'm like, God, you know. Here's my big sin bucket for the day. Just forgive me of all my sins and poof, they're gone. Or if you grew up Catholic, you were taught, go to the priest and carry your big sin bucket and just dump it all out to the priest and then voila, magically, it's forgiven and disappears. But this is not why Jesus came. It's way bigger than forgiveness. Absolutely, forgiveness is included and forgiveness is important. But the reason we're not moved emotionally is because we don't understand when he said he will save his people from their sins, He meant a lot more than just forgiveness for sin. Now, forgiveness for sin is great, but it's not enough. We don't just need forgiveness for sin. We need freedom from sin. And when the angel said he's going to save his people from their sin, this is exactly what he was talking about. See, here's the thing about forgiveness. Forgiveness is necessary and important. Who of us would say we don't need forgiveness from God? Who of us would say we haven't needed forgiveness from other people? I mean, if you're saying, who needs forgiveness here? We're all raising our hand. We'd all like to sign up for that. So it's important, and it's necessary. But here's the problem with forgiveness. Forgiveness doesn't undo hurt. Forgiveness doesn't erase pain, does it? You know this. Some of us treat forgiveness this way, but it's too flippant. That's too cheap of forgiveness. Forgiveness. It's a forgiveness that kids try to demonstrate to each other when, you know, a brother or sister says something mean or does something mean to to another brother or sister and, you know, the parent looks at them and says, hey, go tell them you're sorry. And they go over and they're like, I'm sorry. And that's it. They don't want to do anything to actually make things right. And they think just because they said I'm sorry that, well, they should be forgiven and everything should be good. Sometimes we treat our sins that way with God. But, you know, that doesn't undo the hurt. That doesn't erase the pain. What you and I need is not just forgiveness for when we sin, but we need freedom that keeps us from sinning. We need the ability not to sin to begin with. We need the ability, we need the power to prevent the pain and the hurt in the first place. Now, if you need convincing of that, just think of this last year. Are there decisions you have made? Are there words you have spoken? Are there a social media posts that you have put up publicly? Are there... Choices that you have engaged in, behaviors that you have decided are okay. Were there moments that you have done things that you look back on now and you go, man, I wish I had an erase button. If I could just erase the pain I caused them with what I said there. If I could just erase the pain I caused them with that behavior I chose there. I mean, we've all got examples, don't we? That's why we need forgiveness. But what if? What if we'd never done it to begin with? Isn't that better? Isn't preventative better than fixing it on the backside? Well, this is why Jesus came. Not just to offer forgiveness when we do mess up. Jesus came to make it possible for us not to mess up. Jesus came to free us from the power, from the control that sin has so often in your life and in mine. The things that we go, I do don't—I didn't want to do that, but I still did it. I know it's not my best interest, and I know it's not the best interest of the people that I love the most, but I still made the choice. What is wrong with me? Why can't I do what I want to do, and why do I keep doing what I not want to do? That control that sin has over us, Jesus said, nope, I am here to free you from that. I am here to save you from the power of sin. Yep, I'll forgive you for the penalty of sin, but I'm here to save you from the power as well. So... Who needs Christmas? Well, I would suggest that you do, and so do I. Because we need more than forgiveness. That's important. But we need saving from our sin as well. We need freedom from our sin. We need the power, which we can't get on our own. We need the power to be able to say no to the sin nature that tries to control you and me. And Christmas... Don't miss this. Christmas is God's invitation, a personal invitation to you and to me to go, come on, I'll forgive for all the mess you've made. I'll clean up what you messed up, but I'll do more than that. I'll free you from the control sin has over you. I'll help you to become the person that I created and intended for you to be. I'll help you to become the person you actually most want to be, so for all of those things that we get fed up about in ourselves, and we don't call it sin always, but you're going, I'm just so fed up that I don't have more self-control. I'm so fed up that I can't control my temper. I'm so fed up that I keep saying things that way. I'm so fed up that I keep not having enough discipline and ending up in debt and you know, not managing my money well. I'm so fed up. I'm so fed up. For all those things that you find yourself fed up with yourself over, Christmas is God's invitation. Come on. I'll forgive you for where you messed up, but... You don't have to keep being fed up with your behavior. You can change because Jesus came to save you from your sin. And he has the power that he will give you to help you change. So let me give you a couple questions to think about. And I hope you'll spend some time discussing these with family, with friends, with your small group. This could lead to some really great insights if you'll take a minute to reflect on them and discuss them with someone. First question is this. What has shaped your view of the Christmas story? Because when we talk about Christmas and the story of Christmas, you think of something and you interpret it a certain way. What has shaped the way you view the Christmas story? It's important to know that. And then secondly, do you tend to view the story of Christmas as more about forgiveness for sin or freedom from sin? And how would you approach Christmas differently if it was more about freedom? I want you to imagine something with me before we close. Imagine that in 2021, imagine if you didn't go through the year fed up over the things that you just keep doing over and over you wish you didn't do. Imagine if you went through 2021 and you had fewer regrets, you caused fewer harm, fewer hurts, fewer pains in the lives of the people around you. Imagine if you were able to love the people around you better because sin controlled you less often when you were together. Imagine what that would be like. Imagine if you got to the end of next year and there were less things that you needed forgiveness for and there were more things that you identified that you had freedom from. Listen, whatever those habits are, whatever those sins are, whatever those things are that you're fed up with, however you describe it, you can be free from it. That really can be true for you. And it simply requires you embracing the gift of Christmas. Not just the forgiveness of your sin. That's important. And it's freely offered to you by God. But the freedom from your sin. And if you will begin to hold your life with an open hand and say, Here, God, let's do more than just patch things up when I mess up. God, I want you to start changing my heart and helping me to be who you created me to be. Help me to be free from all this stuff that I'm fed up by. If you will begin begin cooperating with God and what he wants to do inside of you, you will experience a transformation from the inside out. That is why Jesus came. That is why we need Christmas. And that is what it means to follow him. Now, for those of you who Christmas is just not personal to you yet. It's not personal because you don't have a relationship with God that's personal. You've never accepted this gift that he came to offer us at Christmas. Here's all I want you to know. Becoming a part of God's family and experiencing the forgiveness that He offers us. It is so simple. There is nothing you have to do. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to be good enough. It's not about how religious you are. Matter of fact, you can be very religious and have never actually experienced a personal relationship with God and accept His forgiveness because you're trying to earn it with all your good behavior. You know how you get this forgiveness, accept this gift, and begin to experience this freedom? It's simple. You just open up your hand and say... Jesus, I give you my life. I'm going to trust you to do for me what I cannot do for myself. I need a Savior. Not a Savior with a sword. I need a Savior who can free me from the power and the penalty of my sin. And if you'll just say to Jesus right now, right where you you are, just say, I give you my life, he'll forgive you, he'll make you a part of his family, and he'll begin to free you and change you and transform you from the inside out to be who you were created to be. So I want to invite you right now, if you've never done that, to do that this Christmas. I can't think of a better time to do it. And then I want you to do this for me. If you will just text START NEW, make it all one word, START NEW, to 94090, I'd love to know that you have made this decision. We'd love to celebrate with you. We'll answer any questions you have. We'll get you some resources just to help you know what your next step needs to be. We're so excited that you're choosing to take that step. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you. Thank you for not just putting a Band-Aid on the mess that we've created. Thank you for coming and completely changing everything. We're so grateful for the forgiveness that you offer us. It's unconditional. It's free, and we still can't wrap our minds around that. But we're also grateful for the freedom that you offer us. God, we're grateful that you sent Jesus to save us from our sins because we all need saving. We can't change ourselves. So this Christmas, help us to remember, even though things are going to be a little different, help us to remember. What's not different is the whole meaning and the message of Christmas. What's not different is that you are here, you are with us, that you still love us, and that you still offer us both forgiveness and freedom from our sins. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, if you'd like more content like this, subscribe to our YouTube channel and download our Journey Calway app to access all of our recent message content. And our app is the easiest way to share this content with a friend. For more information on our church, be sure to visit journeycalway.com. That's journeycalway.com. Thanks for listening.